Simple Cinema, I'm Dennis. And I'm Bonnie. And we are here counting down the Best Picture winners from uh, Worst to Best. Yes, based on just uh, kind of an aggregate of uh, several different lists. And we don't know generally what's coming up next. We find out at the end. Mm -hmm. Uh, We are up to number 44. So what do we have in store today, Bonnie? This week we're talking about Marty. Yeah. From 1955, Best Picture winner. Best Picture winner, yes. Came up 44 on our basically 94 or 95, yeah. so depending on how you count it, yeah. till, to right. one. So we're in the top there's half. 43 better than this, theoretically, mm-hmm. and 50 worse. So Yeah, theoretically. Decent ranking. Yeah, yeah. decent ranking. Uh, so what's your history with Marty? I've uh, never seen it. I'm not oh. familiar with it at all. Oh, I thought you had seen it. Did I say that I'd seen it? Yeah. I definitely have never seen it. Okay. If I thought, and I mean, that happens That's fine. so often. Yeah. Uh, I had definitely never seen this movie. Okay. But so you have seen it now. I have seen it now. discuss it. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, I thought we'd do something a little different uh, this time. Rather than just do like the laundry list of the losers, I want to just do like a year in review of the 1955 in movies. Okay. Okay. I mean, change is hard, but okay. Well, just mix it up a bit. Okay. So, you know, break, break up the, the tedium. Okay. We'll start in March because the first part of the year is basically just kind of a wrap up of the previous one. The Oscar race at the beginning of the year was from the movies of 1954, which On the Waterfront won, directed okay. by Ilya Kazan, and his follow-up... Wait a minute. So, yeah. 1954 Oscars yes. On the Waterfront won. Yes. Okay, got it. In, uh, I think, March or April of 1955. Uh, Ilya, oh, yes, right. Ilya Kazan, who is the director of On the Waterfront, his follow-up to that Oscar-winning film, is comes out in March of 1955, and that is an adaptation of John Steinbeck's classic novel, uh, East of Eden. Okay. Are you at all familiar with the movie or the, the movie or the book? Not really. Okay. Well, the book is, uh, you know, like John Steinbeck's take place in California mm-hmm. in the mid-century. This one is kind of... Um, retelling of the Cain and Abel story, like a modern. It's about two brothers who, uh, one's the favorite and one's more resentful. And so the resentful brother is played by James Dean. Okay. Okay. James Dean had had some real bit parts before, had really struggled getting movie roles, did most of his work on stage. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Really? Yeah, and this is his first big movie. Okay. And he just instantly becomes a sensation. Yeah. Hollywood legend. Well, I mean, he would eventually become a legend, but his star takes off right away. Okay. At the time he's defeating comes out, he's filming Rebel Without a Cause, which is okay. kind of a cheapy Warner Brothers movie at the time, or consider it a B movie. But as soon as this movie comes out... Warner Brothers wildly increases the budget for Rebel Without a Cause and actually has them refilm it in color. Oh, wow. Yeah, because they have a star on their hands. That's the movie I've heard of that I think of as the James Dean movie. 
mm-hmm. which is what I think of him as kind of a young punk kid actor. Yeah, and angsty youth. Had uh, no idea he had a training dissolution. stage. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, he's also a very good actor. He's As soon as he finishes Rebel Without a Cause, Warner Brothers also cast him in uh, one of the coveted lead roles in Giant, okay. which is was would be their... Their tentpole release of 1956, the epic about oil barons in Texas. Okay, so East of Eden comes out the spring of 1955, Mm -hmm. and so it's, it's, is is it nominated? Well, we're going to get to that. We're going to go through the year, and then, uh, yeah, so I'm just going to tell you about the James Dean story, because it's one of the big stories of the year, right? So he does... Two movies back to back, Rebel Without a Cause and then Giant. And a week and a half or so after Giant finishes filming, he gets killed in a car accident. So he had just begun. Yeah, within like six months of his stardom. Oh, so he dies in night. He died in nineteen fifty-five. Yeah, he died in September thirtieth, nineteen fifty-five. Oh, he's in this massive car accident. And in Paso Robles, California. Well, I know. I've. I've. I mean, because uh, yeah, when you drive marker. that, they have the marker and. Yeah, that stretch of highway is called the James Dean Highway now. Yeah, and you can see why that stretch is dangerous. Yeah. Especially if your feet speeding. Was he speeding? Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He liked race car driving. He, okay. Uh, this wasn't a race, but he was driving fast. Yeah. Oh. I so, did not know that. Yeah, I mean, it's so he's for all intents and purposes, he only has three films. I mean, the the previous ones, it's like uh, you know, if you look at his IMDb credits, it's like man in the t-shirt or something. You know, oh, not, I see. You know, so, so it's so, East of Eden, Rebel Without a Cause, and Giant. Yes, got it. Yeah, Giant would come out at the end of nineteen fifty six and lose best picture to around the world 90 days uh but uh two weeks after he dies rebel without a cause is released oh my goodness yeah have you ever seen rebel without a cause no okay uh yeah that's him uh salminio and natalie wood play these teenagers that are you know disaffected angsty teenagers really started a revolution it was very rare for Movies to focus on teenagers uh-huh. oh, really? and the parents that don't understand them and like oh. tell the story from their perspective. So it's a little ahead of its time. Yeah, it's very much ahead of its time. Because shortly after this, West Side Story opens on broad, uh-huh. Broadway and that will be a movie that we'll discover, that we'll review mm-hmm. eventually. Probably not next time. Though. Probably not, no. But we'll find out. We'll all find we out. We will find out. Yeah. Okay, so Natalie yeah. Wood. Natalie Wood. The James Dean story is pretty much the one of the. It's probably it's the the big Hollywood story of nineteen fifty five. Okay, but, so he had two two of his three movies mm-hmm. were in nineteen fifty five. Yes, and he died. Got it. Yeah. So, a lot of was he nominated for best actor? Yeah, he's the only person to get two posthumous. 
nominations. Oh, he got one for each of these movies? Or he got uh, one for Giant okay. next year and uh, Issa Eden this year. Oh, Issa Eden. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so he's not the only Hollywood icon with movies in 1955 because um, uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh-huh. who was probably the face of the 50s oh, with James okay. Dean. Right. Uh, she has her seven-year itch role this year. Oh, the okay. Billy Wilder movie, which yeah. has probably her most iconic image, where she's on the heating yeah. grate and holding right. her skirt down. Right. Barely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Have you seen The Seven-Year Itch? I have seen it. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like a Billy Wilder movie. Yeah. We'll see two of his movies eventually. Okay. Well, what are we going to yeah. see? Uh, the Apartment oh, and The Last Weekend. Yeah, so, but anyways, going back to East of Eden, which was a critically acclaimed, it was a big hit, it went on to play at the Cannes Film Festival in May. Okay. That's the premier film festival that takes place in Cannes, France. Mm-hmm. And in addition to East of Eden, there were a couple other big Hollywood releases that came out, that premiered at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Um, two, of the, two of them... Featured Ernest Borgnine, oh. who, uh, from from Here to Eternity, and uh, one of them, Bad Day at Black Rock, is it's his typical Ernest Borgnine role at the time, where he's the villain. Right. He was kind of typecast as the bad guy, and mm-hmm. Bad Day at Black Rock is just kind of a, a a tight little thriller where Spencer Tracy comes into this one horse remote town and uh, starts digging up the buried secrets that they have. Ernest Borgnine's the heavy that gets in his way. So, a con film festival in mm-hmm. France? In France. And they do films from all over the world? Yes. Not just Hollywood films? hmm Yeah. Uh, since when? Since the 40s. Okay. So, but it's still... I want to say 44. So well, it wouldn't have been 44. Uh, after since after the war. Okay, so yeah. still new at this point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Ernest Borgnine's pretty much his premiere as a leading man and as as a good guy was with the film Marty, which we'll get into in more detail. Mm-hmm. The French just went nuts for this movie. Really, really, yeah. And we've talked about when we when we've gone through the fifties about how Hollywood likes to is very threatened by television and tries to go big. And so I think the appeal was counter-programming, right? This really simple movie mm-hmm. is, it's like, okay, they just don't make them like that anymore type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get into it in more detail. But Marty wins the Pandora, which is the top prize at the Cannes Film Festival uh, for a long time. It's the only movie to win the Cannes Film Festival, and the Academy Award for Best Picture. Now, is this a I'm true just, statement, yeah. that Marty is the first American film to win at Cannes? I would have to check on that. Because that's what I read. Oh, That's my okay. tip. That's, I'm coming in with a couple of tidbits. Okay, that's My great. first okay. tidbit is um, that Marty is the first American film to sure. win at Cannes. Cannes. Well, Cannes. yeah, and they named it the Palme d'Or this year, so it's the first movie ever to win the Palme d'Or, but they had okay, less top prizes for but <laughs> yeah, and you'll see sometimes mm. um, 
the loss the last weekend is cited it won in 1945 but that was a special jury prize that was awarded at 12 movies okay so uh, last weekend was tied for first but okay so it don't really count it it wasn't the palm door uh, marty was the only one to win both until parasite did it in until when uh, parasite did it uh three oh, or four years wow. ago wow yeah that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, not every most best situators don't play at the Cannes Film Festival. It's it's not like uh-huh. you know, it's not really a best picture of the year prize. It's just of the movies that play at Cannes. But right, it still is crazy because I mean, a lot I mean, of only them because would... it's been a long time since nineteen fifty five. Oh yeah, you would think it would have happened. Yeah, and a lot of so. prestige movies do play at Cannes. So. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Uh, so. Um, we'll get more into Marty. It's kind of a love story about uh, between two dogs. Marty? But they call themselves oh, dogs. Oh, that's yes. right. <laughs> yes. uh, but, well, Disney also had a love story between two dogs in 1955. Oh, Lady and the Tramp came out that year? Yes, Lady and the Tramp. Oh. Uh, one of the year's biggest hits and really one of Disney's most enduring, uh, always performed well in re-releases. Mm-hmm. Happen yeah. every seven or eight years well, or whatever. I love Lady and the Tramp. Yes. Yeah, it, I I think it's great. Um, do you know what was the other a big news Disney related in nineteen fifty five summer nineteen fifty five? Oh, uh, did Disneyland open? Yes. Wow. In Anaheim, California, Disneyland yeah. opened. Wow. Yeah, so this is a pretty big Hollywood year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another... Yeah, 50 was a 50s because mm-hmm. it was during this era that the Dodgers moved to LA. Get a lot of. Oh, yeah. And while all this was going on, there was also a real life fairy tale. Oh. Because To Catch a Thief was uh, came out in 1955, filmed yeah. in okay. Monaco with Grace Kelly. I'm and just going to ask you about this. Yeah. So. Uh, for those of you who don't know, what during the filming of To Catch a Thief, Grace Kelly became uh, started a, a love affair with uh, the Prince of Monaco, Prince Rainier. Yes. Uh, they would be married the following year, but their um, engagement was in 1955. Okay, so that makes a lot of sense. So this is an unusual week for me because, first of all, it's been, we've had yeah. a couple weeks. Uh, right where we right. haven't met, and I have also had like a little, couple of mini vacations in mm-hmm. there, and so I've actually done some homework this time, oh, which okay. I never do. Okay. So one of the things that I I did, even though I'm not really supposed to, but I did anyway, yeah. is I watched um some of the clips from the Academy Awards. Okay, and one Why of are you the, not supposed to do that. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Part of my Feel charm fine. is that I don't know anything, right? Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I I watched that. So she was, so the 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 guy who was the MC was Jerry Lewis, right? His first year, he's mm-hmm. taken over from Bob Hope. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Because Bob Hope was a Chevy guy, and this was oh, the I didn't Academy even know Awards that. <laughs> was. Sponsored by Oldsmobile. 
I did not know yeah. that. <laughs> okay. Very so anyway, good. It's a, it's a so really nice I, so I think it was uh, so I th- I'm almost positive that this Academy Awards was sponsored by Oldsmobile. Okay. And so they incorporated. I watched some of these Oldsmobile advertisements that they like put in the Academy Awards show. Yeah. And I guess Bob Hope had been the host oh, often, yeah. mm-hmm. but he was a, he was the top spokesman for another. I think it was. Uh, Chevy, mm-hmm. it was some other one, yeah. and they wouldn't let him do it because <laughs> it was sponsored by Oldsmobile. Oh, okay. But anyway, so that's that's a little tidbit. Okay. <laughs> and then um and then this Academy Awards are known for the one of the things it's known for. And might, you might know that it's known for other things. I don't know, mm-hmm. but for the very boring Oldsmobile ads <laughs> that are part of the show that really took a long yeah. time and were very dull. Yeah. <laughs> and I did watch a couple of them. But yeah, it's interesting because there was a lot of criticism this past year because the Academy Awards also the broadcast featured a kind of an advertisement for Disney's upcoming live action remake of The Little Mermaid. Right. As part of the this ceremony. Year, yeah. 2023. Yeah, but uh, people don't realize that that's not new. That's yeah. been going on. Uh, that's exactly that's why they ended up televising is to get the yeah. revenue from that. Right, and I guess televising it live was still a new thing or something. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, Grace Kelly was one of the introduced the uh-huh. you know the nominees for this, and Jerry Lewis was so he was so funny with these a couple of different oh, actresses, yeah. but he was very deferential to her yeah. and was like wishing her luck and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And I was yeah. I was going to ask <laughs> you, I was like, did is she, she engaged because it was like a almost like a, a their inter- yeah, yeah it was like this um goodbye thing interesting yes okay so so i'd be remiss not to mention the night of the hunter which is one of the great classics of the year it's a thriller starring mark uh, robert mitchum have you ever seen that no uh, that's yeah, a very it's... creepy picture you have up uh yeah is that robert picture, mitchum yeah robert mitchum uh, he plays kind of, and he's a really sinister guy mm-hmm. that goes around town. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing, so he comes in as a, a minister, a preacher. He has love uh, tattooed on one hand and hate on the other, and has this sermon about the right hand and the left hand doing battle, and and uh, there's uh, it's just such a rich and terrifying thriller there are these uh children who young children who clock that he's a bad guy but all the adults are really bowled over by him and the kids don't have any power to do anything about it it's terrific so interesting the only what's the name of this the night of the hunter wow yeah you should watch it it's it's great and um, it was directed by Charles Lawton, who we saw as the as in Mimi on the Bounty, who played Captain Ahab. Okay. This was his first and only directing okay. job, uh, because at the time it flopped. Really. But it's become one of the most remembered movies oh, from nineteen fifty-five. Wow. Uh, but bigger hits from that summer included Love is a Many Splendored Thing, 
William Holden, Jennifer Jones are set in Hong Kong. They have a interracial love story because Jennifer Jones plays a Eurasian woman. Okay. So is she that, Eurasian? Or? No. Oh no, she's totally white. So okay. It, it, they it, it has a hard time playing in today. They dye her hair black or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, and I mean, her mother is English, I think, and so she, fortunately they don't do a lot of makeup to make her, you know. Uh-huh. Good. But still, it, it's a little awkward today, and it is kind of melodramatic, but it was a big hit, and the theme song was a huge hit. This is the, this is the theme song that we know? Yeah, Love is a Many Splendored Thing okay. was written for this movie. Oh, okay. An even bigger hit that summer was yeah. Mr. Roberts. Yes. You've seen it well, was part we, of? Well, we started watching it, and I, I we, didn't, we didn't start watching it until 10. Mm-hmm. I fell asleep. Okay. I fell asleep, not, not because it wasn't good, yeah. but I was just so tired. Yeah. So I have only so. seen the first 30, 40 minutes. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of a military comedy slash alien invasion movie. Shut up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a comedy that's set on a uh, supply ship in the late stages of World War II, starring Henry Fonda. It introduced audiences to Jack Lemmon, who just almost steals pretty much every scene he's in. So he hadn't done much before this? Not much. Wow. No, this okay. was definitely, so, it's not his debut, as far okay. as I know, but it was, it made him a star. Wow. Yeah. And he's great. We will uh, we'll only see him in one movie, in the apartment. Oh. But that's He was also that's in great. another famous movie, um, some The like Odd a, Couple. Uh, yeah. Oh, Some Like It Hot. Yeah. yeah, he's been in a ton. Yes. Missing, which we talked about in our gone. Oh, that's right. So he's done a lot of dramatic roles too. Yeah. Um, but anyways, heading into the fall of nineteen fifty-five, a couple of the longest-running Broadway shows of all time came up with their movie versions oh. this year: uh, Guys and Dolls and Oklahoma. Oh. Uh, I've seen both of them. Right? I don't know if I've seen Oklahoma. Oh, I saw Guys and Dolls not that long ago. Right. Yeah. Great. So, so it's a lot of fun. Great. I, I yeah. really like it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in Oklahoma, have you seen the play Oklahoma? Here's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I know it the most is from the Muppets. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma. And then yeah. they, do, uh, they do all the vowels. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. It's pretty yeah, well, I'll have to check that out. But when I say the Muppets, probably Sesame Street. But, okay. Uh, that's uh, anyway, uh, that's really one of the great. Broadway shows. Uh, the movie's fine. Um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. Guys and Dolls is also a great musical, and a lot of people are a little bit down on the movie version because it's kind of a strange role for Marlon Brando, but I oh, enjoy the movie version. So good. Yeah. Uh, it also starred uh, Ernest Borgnine's nemesis from, from Here to Eternity uh-huh. Frank with Sinatra. Frank Sinatra. Or... Really, Ernest Borgnine was his nemesis. He beat him up or something? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I haven't I seen that movie in a long time. I haven't either. I just read the novel and they, those two characters don't get along. Are we but. going to see that? Yeah. Oh, we are? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep, we haven't gotten into it yet. Okay. 
Uh, Frank Sinatra also had a, a serious dramatic role later in, toward the end of 1955, with The Man with the Golden Arm, mm. which was a, a kind of a harrowing drama about a man with heroin addiction. Really? Yes. Wow. Yeah, very uh, cutting edge for 1955. Yeah, so they're just starting movie. to take on some... Yeah. You know, like thinking Rebel Without a Cause. And mm-hmm. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, Kim yeah, Novak? So is, yeah, Kim Novak She's was a great time. This. Uh, she also starred in one of the, the biggest movies of the December mm-hmm. holiday period with Picnic. Okay. Have you ever seen Picnic? No. Yeah, it's based on a, a play. Okay. Uh, stars William Holden again. Okay. He was just in Love is a Mighty Splendid Thing. Oh, yeah. And he... well, these people were just cranking out movies. I know. It was the studio system, man. They, yeah. they keep them working. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a melodramatic uh, love triangle in the small town during their annual picnic. Got it. Yeah. Huh. Uh, so, yeah, that was one of the... The play was a big hit, so the movie was much anticipated. Okay. And then also at the end of the year, we have The Rose Tattoo, which is also based on a play, Tennessee Williams play, so kind of a, a hard movie about Anna uh, Magnani, who's uh, one of the great Italian actresses. You brought her over. She kind of learned English so she could do this part that Tennessee wow. Williams wrote for her. Wow. Um, that's yeah, for the she didn't learn it well enough to be in the play, but by the time of the movie version, she has this role as an Italian widow raising a single daughter in a southern town, and uh, uh, drama ensues. And she was able, as an Italian actress, mm-hmm. to play like southern accent and stuff? Well, she plays an Italian immigrant. Oh, okay. So she's a, she, okay. The role has a... Uh, okay. I wouldn't say a really thick Italian accent. Okay, but, uh, but it's not. It's expected. Yes. She's not trying to play somebody non-Italian. Right. No, she plays an Italian uh, as kind of a romance with Burt Lancaster. Uh, so, yeah, and the the biggest hits of the year. Actually, Cinerama Holiday was the biggest hit. That's almost. <laughs> Unheard of now. That was not even really a movie. Marty's not even on that list. No, Marty was a pretty small movie. I mean, it still it made money, yeah. but it's kind of low key. Yeah, Cinerama Holiday is just kind of a showcase for Cinerama, which was a just a theatrical technique that was kind of a fad at the time. It's kind of like a, a, a widescreen version, kind of like a maybe a. a ancestor of IMAX or something. Okay. So they have to equip these special screens and then the, the Cinerama Holiday is just kind of like a travel log that's just showcasing what this technology can do. So it's just like showing, uh, like you, I think one of the scenes is they fix a camera to a bobsled and so audiences kind of get the experience of going down a bobsled. Oh, things like that. Yeah. yeah. So I'll naturally that's not going to be something people watch on television or on video or uh-huh. 
So, anyways, but Mr. Roberts, uh, Oklahoma and Guys and Dolls were big hits, Lady and the Tramp, uh, Picnic. I'm um, looking at the Oscar precursors, the other awards. There's not quite as many as that we have now, but Marty did win the New York Film Critics Award and the National Board of Review. Uh, the Golden Globes went with East of Eden for drama and Guys and Dolls for musical or comedy. The uh, BAFTA Award went to Richard III, which we haven't talked about, uh, Laurence Olivier's uh, Shakespeare, another Shakespeare adaptation. Mm -hmm. We talked about Hamlet right. from seven years earlier. Okay. This is another Shakespeare movie. What's BAFTA? Baft uh, BAFTA's the British Academy of Film and Television okay. Awards. And then the photoplay gold medal went to Love as a Many Splendored And Thing. they still do the, those, the BAFTA. The BAFTA still does it. Photoplay was a premier visual arts magazine, which ran until 1968. So they don't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't even, uh, you know, that was before my time. So I don't know if you remember Photoplay. From 1968? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyways, so it was uh, kind of spread around. Okay. So the nominees that year, there were five. Marnie, Love is a Many Splendored Thing, and The Rose Tattoo led the pack with eight each. Uh, then Picnic also got six nominations. That was in the Best Picture lineup. And then the fifth nominee was Mr. Roberts okay. with three nominations. Yeah, interesting that really Ben Marty's stiffest competition, East of Eden, didn't make the cut. Yeah, why is that? It just didn't get enough votes. Yeah, that's how it rolls. Yeah, so Marty was a pretty big favorite. Yeah. Into it. So what is Marty about? Marty is about a um, lonely guy yeah. who's 34, lives at home. And yeah, so they portray the he's a butcher and just been kind of knocked around in mm -hmm. his love life and uh, heavily influenced by his mother. Yep. Who he lives with, and his best friend, and his circle of friends. Yeah, and it 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 tells the story of him eventually meeting this girl, mm -hmm. who's also kind of a plain Jane. Yes, so he's kind of a whatever the male version of plain Jane is. And they meet each other, but really, I think the movie is about watching him work through that. Yeah, yeah, become his own guy. Yeah. So, what did you think of it? I, I loved it. It was so delightful. It was wonderful. I enjoyed I it every too, minute yes. of it. Yeah, it's yeah, so good. So good. Yeah. Um, I was, you know, I, I had seen it before, but it's been, I saw it once, maybe 15, 20 years ago. So. Okay. I came in pretty fresh, and I was just delighted. I uh yeah. Uh, um, so many I, things I like about that. Yeah. Like, I kind of remembered it, like, okay, well, it's well made, but it's probably not going to age well because it's just about, you know, it takes place in a time with a lot of uh, sexism and racism that we bring to the table now. And it's just about this, you know, sing how, how tough it is for a single guy. Mm -hmm. 
But it's not really. I mean, the movie is about mm. Marty, but it's so sensitive to all the other characters and their problems. And, and so many of them are, are in transition. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so Marty struggles with these social expectations, uh, but really people, everybody else does too. Yes. Not in the same way as Marty. Right. Yeah. And the movie is very much about Marty. Uh-huh. There are subplots, but it's mm-hmm. it's it's seen through Marty's point of view. This is very middle get... middle class everyday yeah. American life. Yep. Yeah, it was set in New York City, but it's yeah. very It could it, be set it, in a lot of places. Could be set in a lot of places, right. Yeah. yeah City wise. It's very fifties. Yeah. Uh so from that perspective it's just fascinating kind of time capsule. Yeah. Yeah, so part of it is the time capsule. Mm-hmm. How people met each other then. Oh yeah, but but also you're right. Just as as people are figuring out who they are in relation to the you're right the expectations placed on them yeah. and their and the expectations, just trying to figure out who, what do they do with that? Exactly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, in what Barty wants or what he craves is this. To get married, right? Yeah. And so the ideal is we, we do meet Tommy and Virginia, his cousins, mm-hmm. uh, but they're not happy. Yeah. You know, Tommy they, they has problems yeah. in there. Tommy is his so, cousin, yeah. and he's got his wife, Virginia, mm-hmm. and then Tommy's mother, who is Marty's aunt, yeah. lives with them. So some fantastic scenes between Tommy's wife and his mother because it's this big battle, mainly because Tommy's mother is a real yeah. They are, yeah. But they both are. Uh, I think you know. There's something to sometimes. uh, What's that saying that a lot of some men pick their mother and their yeah, and they're yeah. Yeah, I love that little detail. Yeah, so it is. It is Marty's movie, but we kind of get this story yeah. from two different perspectives. Where yeah. the um, Virginia is having a fight with her mother-in-law, throws the bottle of milk, baby's bottle of milk, baby's bottle of milk. Yeah, which is you know, yeah, that's not a good thing because yeah. get like milk delivered in the mornings or something yeah. at this time. I don't. So it's just right. at that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't and, think you could preserve right. it like in a refrigerator. I don't, I don't I know, know how it yeah. We'll have to ask. Sure. Uh, what I love about that little detail is this is how serious family rifts happen. Yes. Because you can really see how, supposedly she didn't throw the bottle of milk at her, but right. against the wall. Right. But the mother-in-law does pick up on the fact that her anger is directed at her. Oh, it absolutely Her anger is directed at her, and she does this thing right. that's violent. And from Virginia's point of view, it's like, I was violently angry, and I took it out on this inanimate object right. because of right. respect it's, for her, right. and now she's turning it around on me. And, yeah. and they have, you know, you can just see how they see these things in different ways, and that will just fester. Yeah. And it's, it's this very uncomfortable scenario that they're living in because Tommy 
is is in the position where he has to, you know, it's right that he takes care of his widowed mother. Right. Right. The challenge is his widowed mother is extremely critical mm-hmm. and insecure. Yeah. And in, in herself. And so she takes this out not on her son, but on her daughter in law. Oh, yeah. Who is also extremely insecure and probably very judgmental. Yeah. And so it is, they're like the same, which is so often when you see people clashing, mm-hmm. they oh, yeah. they exactly. actually have the same traits. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so she, you know, it, and it is like the young mother is feeling like when's going to be her time to be the mom, right? And, exactly, and yeah. N- never, you know, but then again, you and Tommy can't make this choice so the part of the drama is he he goes to uh, marty and his mom Mm -hmm. marty's mom is is his mother's sister yeah and says can she move in with you but you can also see that this tommy is choosing his wife over his mother which he really should do i mean it's right that he does that and he is making sure that she has someplace good to live yeah. But you can but see when that Claire brings up that point, well, it's, yeah, <laughs> that creates drama too. But yeah, remind me. That's of a that different thing. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but he's con- he's conflicted. He's also now resentful towards his wife uh-huh. because he has to do this. Yes. And yeah. yeah. So it is this very complex yeah, thing, and, and what I, yeah. What I really admire is that it does. You get this view of everybody's problems but it's not a downer movie no it's not it's so and it's sweet like really, <laughs> nobody has like a happy life no in it they all have problems but it's not a it's 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 it's, it's not like bleak or yeah you know there's no no happiness in this life or whatever yeah. But it is it is kind of gently critical of a lot of these social norms, of the enforcement of the social norms. The, the mother of Marty has this great line to, towards her sister Katerina at one point where she yeah. says, Someday, Katerina, you're going to smile, and what's going to happen? Like, the whole world is going <laughs> to, like shine or you know it's just going to be a shock to the world essentially when you know yeah she says something and and the other thing that this movie is so good at with these dynamics is that everybody is influenced by everybody else yes so when we we've just been talking about tommy tommy is both influenced by his mother Mm -hmm. and by his wife he's Mm -hmm. he doesn't really know what to do on his own and certainly right. doesn't take charge. He just yeah. kind of reacts to appeasing his mother, appeasing <coughs> his wife, and reacting against that. And then you, you know, so you see all those dynamics. And then the two sisters, how they are influenced by each other. I I love that scene where, right after Marty meets this girl. So right. maybe we should. We're not even there yet. But right. the two. Uh-huh. Widows are talking. Sisters yes. that are widows mm-hmm. that are talking. There's such great <laughs> yes. depictions of these conversations. But she's, Katerina is, I don't even remember what Marty's mother's name is. Because he kept calling her Ma. Uh, but, yeah, um, I, my notes, I, I just called her Ma. Yeah. Anyway, 
her sister Katarina is saying, you just, you know, if he finds a girl, here's what's going to happen is that, you know, he's going to, he's going to first say that this house mm -hmm. is, you're going to need to sell it. And then he's going to want to put you into an apartment mm -hmm. again. And then pretty soon you're going to be sleeping on the couch, just like, you know, I am. And Marty's mom, who was all this time been like, Marty, you got to get married. You got to get yeah. married. You got to get married. All of a sudden there's like a, no, that would never happen. And then the next scene, Marty comes in. He's like, yeah. you know, Marty all of a sudden is feeling good. Oh, yeah. And he's just noticing like, oh, yeah, we got to fix this. And you know what we should do? We should sell this old house and we should mm -hmm. move in there. And so then that um, sort of gossip that she got from her sister now heavily influences her and has com completely changes how she views yeah. the situation. Mm -hmm. What what she would have, without the influence of her sister, been very excited for and supportive of Marty, now she's going to be anta antagonistic. Yeah, and I think so. it affects it that the mother does meet Clara, yeah. the girl, and you know she's just trying to be very sweet, and yeah. but she kind of takes Virginia's side. Not yeah. even in an argumentative right. situation, but like, okay, well, it's right. that's it's the kind of like the point you made. They, didn't they should... ask her opinion? I yeah, think they even asked her opinion, right. and so she responded. Yeah, and she said, you know, I don't know the people involved, but yeah. you know, the, the young couple that they should have their life together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not an unreasonable thing, but especially from a young into... person. You would exactly. expect that that would be yeah. the perspective of a. Uh, of a oh, well, person. she was 35, 40. She was 29. That's what she says to you, Marty. Oh. She's 35, 40. Oh, that's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah, the mother gets pretty catty later. Yeah. yeah, but it is... Yeah, it, it's, it's great. It's so, so, some of the other things... Mm -hmm. I don't, uh, were you going to say something? Let's go for, with your other uh, things. We were talking about Tommy before. Yeah. So they're showing this Tommy totally dysfunctional life, right? Yeah. But, but Ma, her main concern is, you know, what are we going to do about Marty, who's not even married? She wants mm -hmm. Marty to be able to have this dysfunctional yeah. life that he does. And right. so then... We should add that Marty is the oldest of, I think, seven by my count. Is he the oldest? I know he's... Three, three, definitely three sisters, and I lost count of their two or three brothers. Yeah, yeah. Bunch Everyone of brothers and sisters... You, you don't meet any of them. You couldn't identify with this scenario. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not the oldest. <laughs> you're not the oldest. You're right. the youngest. But anyway, yeah. he's got all these, but definitely a bunch of them are younger. Mm -hmm. All his siblings are off and they're getting married. I think it does say that they're all younger. They're all younger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they're all off getting married. But anyway, mm -hmm. so they're, she's, Ma is asking Tommy, like, what do we do about, you know, Marty? And he's like, oh, here's he's got to go to this dance hall because mm -hmm. that's where I met Virginia. And then yeah. Virginia is, you know, they're talking about what a great thing it is because the best thing yeah. that ever happened to them was they met at this dance place. Otherwise they wouldn't be in this. It, so it was so interesting because mm -hmm. they had just been like at each other. Who knows yeah. if this marriage is going to make it, but right. they're like, Oh, here's what you got to do. You got to go there. So then it's this great scene yeah. where the mother, we talked about, Everybody's influenced by everybody else. Mm -hmm. So the mother hears this, and then when she sits down with Marty, she's, 
She tries to... It's full of tomatoes. It's full of tomatoes. You got to go to the Starlight or whatever. Yeah, the Starlight. And he's like... Ballroom. Yeah. He's like, of course I've heard of that. Mom, what are you talking about? You know that? And she's like, yeah, there's a lot of tomatoes. He's like, what? Anyway, so she's pestering him. He doesn't want to go. He doesn't want to go. She keeps at... She keeps nagging him. And he's like, look, I go to all these places. I am... I have been trying. I just don't... I'm I'm good... The way I am, I don't need to be. But anyway, so they, there's this neat thing between the two of them. She yeah. pushes him, nags him, nags him to the point where he snaps and then he apologizes. But then he ends up going to this thing. Right. And he does meet this girl. Yeah. You know, through a series of events. He does meet this girl there. So the right. mother was kind of right. Right? So. Oh, so he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was really... I love so many of those Yeah, scenes. I love the little details. Like when Tommy is talking at the Starlight Ballroom, he says, uh, you know, it's 75 cents to get in. I would probably $1.25 now, which is just like kind of a throwaway line. It also tells the audience that a lot of time has passed since mm. Tommy went through this. So we get yeah. the sense that it's a rite of passage that people go through but Marty is just stuck in this yes. thing that that just Tommy had to go through years yeah. ago when things were half as much as they are now. Almost. Well, that's one of the things I loved about this yeah. movie is because they definitely portray Marty as a guy who's stuck. Yes, and and part of why you know it it, it focuses on him and his life being stuck, but then you realize all the other characters that they bring in. Everybody's kind of stuck in yeah. some way or another. And part of why they're stuck is because they keep giving each other bad advice. Yeah. And they're so easily influenced by, you know, they, they kind of all... Yeah, well, they have these expectations. Yeah. I mean, the and it's not even the... People are so free to give unsolicited advice, which annoys me, but mm -hmm. it's not even just offering advice, but Marty's told twice in the first two minutes of the movie, you should be ashamed of yourself. Yeah, right. For being single. Right, like you're... So you're it's not, not like, a... oh, or it's not even like treating him like a spinster. Right. Which Claire is. Right. And has, so experiences it differently, but it's like Marty is, he's bad. Yeah. It's, you know, he deserves the blame for this. Right, because maybe that's part of the cultural things, too, is that, you know, yeah. if you're a spinster as a woman, you just haven't been asked yet. If you are unmarried man in your 30s, you're just like, what's your problem? Yeah, just and ask I, I, I think a lot you. of what's being critiqued, maybe gently here, is this kind of maybe post-industrial nuclear family, like, fragmentation that's happening. Because if you compare it to, like, a... Like you're familiar with Jane Austen novels, right? Yes. And which are very much focused on getting married. Yes. But it's a much more people who are still single and widows do have an important function in the social yeah, environment. Where here people are yeah. getting in these new, very small units and yes. moving to their own apartments yes. where they live alone. And it's just like, okay, the man goes out and sells his labor and the yeah. woman stays at home and raises the kids and yeah. so that they can go out and the boys will sell their labor and the women will raise their kids. Yes. 
And then it's fault with this is that it gives no function to the parents once their kids are raised. Right. And and it puts a lot of pressure on these married people and those who can't get married. It's 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 yeah. very much people that's how people are stuck. Mm, yeah, that's a brilliant social comedy. Yeah. And really what is Marty's goal ambition that we see is to own the shop, right? Butcher shop. To own the butcher shop to yeah. you know kind of which is probably seize control of the means of production. Yes, you know, right. Not which is we get all communist, but right. But it, it's also probably a really bad idea in nineteen fifty five. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing what's going to happen with the grocery, I mean, he's already indicating it's a little challenging with the grocery stores coming in. Yes, but it's like, oh, pal, you don't know how bad it's going to get. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. And really, never say means of production in 1955. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. You will yeah. get black. No, that's yeah. a... And it's not a Marxist movie. It's yeah. not... It's sensitive to the people's struggle without being... It's, mm-hmm. it's never polemic as far as what needs to change and things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah, that's a, that is really a brilliant social commentary on what this movie is, is yeah. talking about because when you look at that Katarina character, the widow, Tommy's mother, mm-hmm. it, she's the most cantankerous, but she has a clear-eyed view of, guess what? She, has, she does. She is, she has no role yeah. in, in anybody's life, and she's mm-hmm. just a throwaway character, and so she's yeah. coming to grips with what that means. Uh, another thing that's great, we haven't talked about his best friend. Yeah. And Angie. Angie. Yeah. Um, so much short for Angelo. Angelo, right. Angie. Yes. Uh, and he's got, a, he's, got a, he's got a good circle of friends or yeah. a circle of friends yes. that are, you know, they all hang out. They're all now in their 30s. Yeah. And it's almost like the 50s versions of friends, but except yeah. everybody still lives at home because I guess you didn't just move out. But they're mm-hmm. all kind of, you know, and friends were younger, but these yeah. guys are now in their 30s and just don't even know what to look for in a woman and are bad influences. But they've got a scene, and this must be a very famous scene, of the two of them sitting at a booth. Mm-hmm. It's already Saturday night. You know, yeah. what do you want to do? I don't yes. know. What What do you want to do? And it, so right away I'm, it made me think of <laughs> me too, yes. Jungle Book. The Jungle Book. The I, Jungle I think Book's, it is. It's, I think it is a parody of this. Yeah, the Jungle Book has to be a parody of, yeah. uh, I don't know, yeah. what do you want to do? What we just, I not, once I noticed that, I'm like, yeah, I guess it really doesn't make sense in the Jungle Book unless no, it, it is. <laughs> yeah, and unless it's making a reference to mm-hmm. something else, but it's almost rhythmic the way that yeah. they do it. And it's the scene starts out that way, and then it plays out, well, and then it ends the part, that way. Too. Right, exactly. When they go, no, look, I say what you want to do, then you say. So yeah, it's exactly. like David gets to that part. So, no, yeah, they do. I do. Get, get yeah, I, I, I think this is the genesis yeah, of that of that in the jungle. So when we're talking about the Jungle Book, we mean that scene with the, with vultures. the vultures, right? Yeah, who at the end at the end who do play a very little role, but they're almost like this. Beatles group. They've got Beatles yeah. haircuts and stuff, but they they start with the same almost word for word. Yeah, they yeah. do. 
scene that from Marty. Uh, anyway, so Marty is based on uh, to get this a TV season. show. Yeah, or it's a, an episode, a TV drama. Yeah, it was an episode of the Philco Television Hour. Okay, which was just an anthology series. So okay. every like a different movie every week. And uh, I actually found it on YouTube. Really? So, yeah, it's 51 minutes long, so I watched okay. it. Okay. Um, Rod Steiger is in it. Oh. He um, plays Marty. Is that the guy from... Uh, on the Waterfront? Um, no, I was yeah. thinking... Um, what's the spooky one that Baloney likes to play? Oh, uh, no. Um, Rod Sterling. Oh, Rod Sterling. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Uh, the Twilight Zone. Twilight uh, no, Zone, we'll yes. see Rod Steiger in On the Waterfront. He's the brother. Okay. And he's also the sheriff in, in The Heat of the Night. Oh. So we'll see him in two movies. Uh, anyways, he played Marty, and uh, both were directed by Delbert Mann. Uh-huh. Okay. And I, yeah, it's um, very similar. Um, it's just kind of a little expanded, but I like that the movie doesn't, like, have a lot of, add a lot of pretension. Like it's, it doesn't, there's not a lot of gimmicks. It doesn't like, uh-huh. oh, oh, now he finds out Clara is sick or anything like that, or uh-huh. any phony type of conflict. It's still just, um, I mean, they expand it from 51 minutes to 90 minutes. A really, very short okay. movie. Yeah, yeah, right. It's only an hour and a half. Yeah, but I just, I love how uh, economical it is. Yeah, because we get that phone call early on, where Marty calls the girl that yeah. his friend says is is into you. Yeah, and we don't he- all we hear is Marty's side, and, and um, that's one of the differences between the two. Because in the TV version, he's just in a phone booth, so it's very similar. But here we get a close up on. Ernest Borgnine, and he just acts with his face. Yeah. And you can just, you can tell how it's going just yeah. by his reaction and how yeah. painful that is for him. Right. And so, you know, I, that sets up so much that pays off later. I mean, the reason that the end of the movie is a satisfying conclusion is that he's making a phone call, right? And he's, so it has that significance because we know how painful that right, is. Right, yeah, it's right. hard from... Yeah, that is... I think it's a great ending because uh-huh. it, it shows him really the, the first one that we've seen in the movie getting unstuck. Exactly, yeah. And, and just like, I got to get all these voices out of my head and then think, what do I, yeah. what's really right here? What do I need? Because uh, he does let the voices lure him back into yeah. the status quo. And then yeah. like he eventually comes to, what am I doing? What am I here? doing? Yeah. But and up it, to that point, we'd only seen him, you know, his ma says, mm-hmm. go to the stardust or starlight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he does. And yeah. his buddy is like, you know, go make that phone call. And he does. And he does meet Clara at the Stardust or whatever, but it 
it's through this series of events. Yeah. You know, he's Which we should get into. Yeah. Uh, Because I think that's also part of what that phone call sets up because Mm -hmm. we see Marty's empathy into what is happening to Clara. Right. So basically, uh, Marty comes stag and Clara is set up with a date. And early on when we meet Clara and her date, we see that he's not happy with her. Right. And also gets back to the point about the, you know, the men having to, you know, they're selling themselves, basically, their labor, because he's very anxious on the fact that I only get three a weekend off every three weeks or something. So this uh-huh. is, like, his time is precious, because that's yeah. his commodity. Right. So he needs to, he can't just mess around and, like, right. be nice to this yeah. dog. Which, right. As they say. Literally, that's what the term yeah. that they that they use. And yeah. So, so and then you know he ends up going to Marty and offering to pay him five dollars to kind of I'll introduce you as an army buddy and uh, you take her off my hands so free me up. Right. Um, I actually went to an inflation calculator and that's like fifty three dollars. Oh really? That's Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's like yeah. That's, that's then, a lot. But Marty is so offended. Yeah. You know, for her mm-hmm. that he's like, no, I'm not going to participate in this. Yeah. And he won't take the money. And he won't. He won't yes. do it. Yeah. But he's and he also had already been rejected at this. You know, had mm-hmm. asked people to dance who were not otherwise, yeah. and and he was also rejected there. Yeah. No, even though we're not doing anything else. We have nobody else to dance with. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to try with you. Right. And that's what this guy was like. I'll pay you 53 bucks. Yeah. It was really $5, but 53 mm-hmm. bucks. Yeah. So that I, because I don't even want to try with you. Yeah. I'm just judging you by your appearance. Yeah. And so Marty is concerned for this girl. Right. And so he keeps watching as he, this guy approaches. He finds another guy. Who's like, heck yeah. And we just see it from Marty's perspective. So we yeah. don't hear any of the conversation. I really like the way it's staged. Yeah. That's because true. Like the phone call, we just see see Marty's reaction to it and not what's yeah. actually right. being said. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's how they meet. Um, yeah. So Marty intervenes because he doesn't want this poor woman yeah. to kind of be traded off like property or something right. and ask her to dance. Mm-hmm. And then they just hit it off. Yeah. And it's very sweet. It's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. And they just have this magical evening together and they mm-hmm. just very compatible. He brings her home. Yeah. That's we already talked about when she first right. met. Well, she met she meets the mother a couple of times, but yeah. yeah, the first time, you know, she meets the mom and it's all mom is so delighted, Marty's right. finally brought somebody home. Yeah, a lot she of seems like but, a lovely girl. Mm-hmm. She went to college. Yeah. At that point that seemed like a good thing until Katerina got in her uh-huh. head and told her how terrible college girls are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, so, it's, yeah. it's gossip. You know? Yeah, it's so gossip. You yeah. see how it... Yeah, that's a lot of what was 
expanded upon from the TV version is more stuff with Marty and Clara. And also, we see Clara at home, which we don't in the in the TV okay. version. Okay. Uh, but in the TV version, I think they go straight to his house. We don't get the whole scene in the coffee shop where they're kind of bonding over yeah, that. right. And they even have a awkward trauma moment at the end where... You know, yeah. he leans to kiss her, and she says no, oh, yeah. and then he reacts poorly. But then they have this wonderful way of working through, and they're both exactly. just so um, sincere and honest to each other. Right. And so this girl, for him, just lets him know, like, look, I I really want to see you again. Yeah. It's I, and she says so it over well and over again, which is great, because that's exactly what he needs to hear, and it's exactly the opposite of... That you know, sort that, of. That's not, another thing that the. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's so economical. Yeah. It just doesn't waste a moment. Doesn't waste a moment. And it's like it's, when that scene starts to happen, like oh, this is not going to age well. But it does actually because it's not yeah. like he doesn't want her for the sex or he's right. not after her body. Right. But he sees this as what I'm supposed to do, right. and he wants the approval. Right. Or the. Um, affirmation affection right Right. that's and he just gets it's another version of the phone call where okay i think she's interested in me oh she's not yeah and it's just it's yeah he's just embarrassed yeah and And, and frustrated but she understands it because she's in the same right yeah yeah and so they ended on this really great note so now clara has to wait for him to call but then in the meantime, he has the same influences. His best friend and his mother have yeah. now turned against Clara. And so yeah. are telling him why, you know, his best friend his is telling friends him. friends are so shallow. They're, they're so, so shallow. Ridiculous. You could definitely do yeah. better. Uh-huh. And the mother is just adding. Oh, they all think they can do better, too. Yeah, they all think they can do better. And the mother is like Adam because now she's afraid yeah. that she's going to be cast off like Katerina. Right. Even though she doesn't see, like. Actually, she has Katerina. It's kind of uh-huh. sweet that they have each other, right? But, right. But anyway, and she's no longer thinking about Marty, but the so it's the same thing. And he does what he always does, mm-hmm. is he listens to them. Yeah. And then he doesn't call her until that great moment it's when so he just great. has this, like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. I, You know, I don't care yeah. what you're saying to me. I just... Truth is truth. I, I had a good time with her. I like right. her. Yeah. And we, we don't know if they get married. We don't. Or what, if they fall in love. And it almost it doesn't, it, it doesn't, even, doesn't matter. even matter. Because what he's done is he's gotten unstuck. Yeah. And he goes and he calls her. And you're just like, yay, Marty. Uh, so Betsy Blair, who plays Clara. Yeah, who was not, I mean, she was a very, I thought she was a very beautiful woman. <laughs> Yeah, but what I like about it is like she's a realistic Queen Jane though, because a lot it's not like you have movie where like Grace Kelly put her in glasses and yeah, right, 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 right. Come on now, yeah, right. Or even like I don't want to pick on it's a Wonderful Life because it's one of my favorite movies, but like Donna Reed when she becomes a frumpy librarian. Yeah, she's not a Donna Reed, Irene (laughs) John. Yeah. Grace Kelly, for Grace sure. Kelly, yeah. Yeah. But no. she's just this lovely 
Regular woman. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of movie credits. She did a lot of stage work. Okay. She started as a dancer where she met her husband, who was in American in Paris, Gene Kelly. Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> yeah, so she got married to So Gene in Kelly. real life, she snared yeah, Gene, Gene Kelly. Kelly yeah. <laughs> oh, my um, goodness. But she got blacklisted. Really? Yeah. Because she was from a very progressive background, and at times she was like, uh, I think she did attend a communist meeting or something. It's not illegal, but no. yeah, she got blacklisted. The movie is actually by United Artists, okay, which is kind of an independent studio, not the way we talk about it today, but it was a studio that was created by uh, Charlie Chaplin. Mary Pickford and Douglas Fairbanks as a, a studio so that actors could have some independence from the moguls. So their agreement that the moguls made for the blacklist and okay. uh, United Artists wasn't part of it, but there was also pressure from the rest of the industry. So she was offered the part and then they took it away because of the accusation of her having communist sympathies. But then it shows the power of stardom because Gene Kelly says, okay, give her the part back or I'm not going to do my MGM movie that I'm, okay. you know, I'm, I'm set for. And so then MGM called up United Artists and said, okay, but maybe just give her the part. So, yeah. Well, they were love. They were just yeah. so sweet together. And it was just. Uh, it's great. That. Yeah. Love yeah, I, I think this is my favorite so far. Yeah, I really love this movie. I, I really like the, this last three have yeah. been kind of on a roll. I, yeah, Slumdog Millionaire and uh, How Green Was My Valley. Oh yeah. my gosh, so great. Yeah, I did love Marty. I, I'm, I'm it's great. I, it's I love it. My favorite yeah. so far. Yeah, surprisingly. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. Here's your limerick. Yeah. Write a limerick about the movie Marty. Uh, do you want to do it? Sure. There once was a film called Marty, a love story that warmed up the party. He found his match, no need to catch. His heart, it was hers from the starty. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Yeah, so anything yeah. else on Marty? Well, yes, there's an interesting tidbit on the director. Yeah, Delbert Mann. What's his name? Delbert Mann. Delbert Mann. This was the first time... A first-time director got okay, yeah. best director. Yes, good. It's happened several times since. Several? Uh, it's happened a few times since. It's happened yeah. several. How many is several? At least three. Okay, yeah, at least three. Okay, it's happened with... Kevin Costner? Was it? Kevin Costner, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, it also happened with... Is Robert Redford? Was there any people his first? No. Oh, it seems like it would have been, doesn't it? Well, I might have done something else. Um, oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, West Side Story, Jerome. Oh, Jerome Robbins, yeah. Yeah. Um, that was 1961. Right. Uh, James L. Brooks. Oh, yeah, Terms of Endearment. Terms of Endearment, right. yeah. Okay. And Kevin Costner. Yeah. Dances with Wolves. Yeah, so as I said before, the movie got eight nominations, so mm-hmm. it won four, won four of them. So best picture director, Ernest. Oh well, I should say that it got three of its eight nominations were for acting. Can you guess who they were? Uh, well, Ernest Borgnine. Yeah, he wins. He wins. 
Yes. Controversial, I guess, because he beats James Dean. Is it James Dean? Not? I don't know that it's controversial. I mean, Ernest Borgnine's great. So great. Yeah. Just those telephone he scenes. He beats, yeah, James Dean, he, he beats um, he beats Frank Sinatra. We'll see him beat Frank Sinatra in, um, from here to eternity. Uh, he also beats um, on the waterfront guy. Marlon Brando? Yeah, what? for another movie, right? Marlon Brando um, nominated for... What movie yeah. did he do this year? Well, he was in uh, Guys and Dolls. Was he nominated for that? No. Oh, never mind then. Yeah. Oh, I don't really know. No, he beat uh, James Dean, James Cagney, Frank Sinatra, and Spencer Tracy. Oh, okay, very good. Yeah, his co-star from Bad Day at Blackheart. Mm. Let's see. Yeah. I don't... Let's see. Who else? Well, Bonnie Blair? Yeah. She was nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting? Supporting, Supporting Actress. Mm-hmm. She lost. She lost to Joe Van Fleet from East of Eden. Okay. And then, wow. Well, the mom couldn't. Was the mom of Best Actress? No. She probably would have been supporting, but yeah. she didn't get nominated. She, she was great. Both of them. She was great. They were both she, the, oh, the a two, lot of them Katarina, were great. yeah. Yeah, I was actually surprised Joe Mantel got nominated for playing Angie. Angie, yeah, okay. A supporting actor. Okay. Uh, he lost to Jack Lemon. Jack Lemon. Yeah, Jack Lemmon yeah. was great. He had a lot. He's yeah. so great. Yeah, he he's. Uh, yeah, I, I can well see deserved. that. So and, it got best picture, won. best director. So one through those are its three. No, you one said four. six. Okay. And best screenplay. Best so screenplay. So writing, okay. directing, acting. Screenplay. You can't. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's, that's fine. a good thing. I know one other tidbit about this movie. Okay. What is it? So in 1949, they. Uh, showed it in Russia, and that was the first time 1959? since... 1959? 1959, sorry. Okay. <laughs> 1959, because it was 1959. Right. They showed it in Russia, and that was the first American film to be shown in Russia really? since World War II. Wow. Wow, good for you. That's great. <laughs> a little tidbit. See what you do with a two-week break. <laughs> uh, so I do have one more tidbit about this year, which I just okay. find fascinating, because... Uh, there was a Kirk Douglas prison drama in the summer of this year called Unchained. Nobody remembers it. It's not. It's just a bunch of men in prison. It's hard to find. I don't even know what it's about. But there's this one, one minute, 18 second scene where the prisoners just sing a song, right? And the song ends up getting a Best Song nomination. Loses to Love is a Many Splendored Thing. But the song gets covered over and over again, and it becomes one of the most acclaimed songs of all time. What? Yeah. So from this movie, Unchained, the song is basically, because because it's the melody from Unchained, it's called Unchained Melody. You know the song, yeah. um, but I just find that I, I love that it's one of the most famous songs of all uh-huh. time, yeah. and it has just such inauspicious origins. Wow. It's just this 
movie nobody knows about. You know, people probably think, oh, the Unchained Melody gets its name because it's like about the melody breaking free from. Oh, the, right. But it's like, no, it's just from the movie Unchained and it's the melody that they sing. Okay. Yeah. But it lost to uh, Love is a Many Splendor Thing. Yeah. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah, I know that from Ghost. Yeah, I mean, you've heard things. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, instantly, as soon as I hear it, I think of Ghost. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, so. What else? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've already gone through the whole year, yeah. so. Yeah, what's coming um, up next? Let's see what's I mean, we've had, it's going to be like, I hope we keep getting better and better like this. Yeah, so now we get to find out, well, I get to find out what's yes. going up next. Okay, so, so my picks yeah. are No Country for Old Men, yeah. Amadeus, which I still think is a pretty decent pick, Parasite, which I know nothing about except probably not right. next. Yes. Uh, Platoon, and then I added Spotlight, even though this is a movie that I really love. Uh-huh. I, I really love Spotlight. Oh, but I don't know what else to pick. You know, we're getting down yeah. to Slim Pickens for, they're all such, seems like, Good movies. Yeah. So those are mine. So you're a fan of Titanic now. Well, I'm not. Uh. I almost picked Titanic. <laughs> and I almost did it just to be like whatever, but I don't think it's going to be up because stupid people make these lists. And... Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's so nice. <laughs> whatever. You all uh, love Titanic. Uh, uh, so yeah, so my picks are um, You Can't Take It With You, Gladiator, The Lost Weekend, The Hurt Walker, and The Sting. Okay. But, yeah, it's kind of getting hard to yeah, pick. Those are all good choices. Oh, thank you. All right. You ready to find out? I'm ready to find out. Oh, oh that's mine. Yeah, that's platoon. yours. Yeah, you're up by two now. Yeah. So, Platoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm running out. Okay, so yeah. I saw this one. When it came into the theaters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, good. We will. What is this, 1986? 86, okay. Yes. This is, 80s is down to one. Wow. Okay, Platoon. All right, so next week we'll be back with Platoon. I don't know if I'm going to like that as much as Marty. But we'll see. Okay, well, I just watched it. (laughs) But, you know, if not, maybe we'll continue the trend until next week. Right. <laughs> uh, so uh, have a good week, and we'll be back with the two.